Where are your contacts? They're over there. I'm not wearing those damn things. <laughs> no way. <laughs> you gave what, like five minutes? Uh, about an hour. That was enough. So I got contacts for the first time ever. Oh no. Well, no, I tried them once 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And apparently it took 20 years to forget the trauma that I had the first time I tried them. And decided to try to face my fear of touching my eyes. And, uh, yeah, that's going really well. You'll get over it. No. No, I won't. You know me. I don't get over things. I stay (laughs) under them. I stay under them. Hello, and welcome to episode 94 of the Press Continue Podcast. I'm your host, Adam. And I'm your host, Brittany. And, uh, what are we talking about today, Brittany? Pole position. What What about it? Um... It's not a it's not a stripper place. Well, I, I looked a pole position and in the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Here we go. It's the position of your penis. Oh, well, I was like what? Well, that's not what we're reviewing. No, no, we're not Don't reviewing send in where your where your D is. <laughs> Don't send in your pics. <laughs> well, maybe. Well, for you. Yeah, yeah, sure. Whatever. Whatever it takes. Um. So pole position. Uh, we're talking about the old arcade driving game. Mm-hmm. So it was released November 1982 by Namco and licensed in the U.S. by Atari. It's that old? It's that old. Holy crap. Yeah. It was the most popular game of 1983 and considered the most successful racing game of its time and one of the most influential video games of all time. Influential how? Influential like... Uh, Pretty much it's set a... Is precedence the word I want to use? Sure. Standard? A standard for driving games that have come out since. Okay. So... Were the driving games before it? Yes, and they were trash. Okay. Like, one of them we were playing uh, when everybody was over on the 4th was uh, Sega Turbo. Turbo? <laughs> Turbo. And it's... Uh, I always remembered playing it. I don't know why I keep playing it because the game infuriates me. But... Racing games before used to be like this overhead, you just see the car, or it'd be like some, uh, a black and white dot going around a, like, drawn track or something Mm -hmm. like this. Like, this is one of the first that had, like, a, uh, like a full 3D environment, which was actually, um, praised for being so realistic. Mm -hmm. Um, especially the sound effects, which, uh, yeah, we know how great those are. The shifting of gears. The shifting of gears, the, um, it actually had, well, when we get into the different cabinets, it actually had gas and brake. Mm-hmm. You would have to, you, it wasn't just like your typical arcade racer, it was more like arcade racer slash simulation. You totally threw me off on my thing. What thing? My, my notes. How did I do that? You asked a question. Sorry, Jesus and Christ. And threw up everything. Um, I don't even remember the question now. About the sound effects. No, you said, why is it influential? That was a long time ago. <laughs> Jesus, you were talking on? for like five minutes. I was still in, in influentialness. <laughs> no, you went on to talking about the sound effects. It got 1983 Coin-Op Game of the Year. That's pretty good. Um, stating that the first time in an amusement parlors, a first-person racing game gives a higher reward for passing cars and finishing among the leaders rather than just keeping all four wheels on the road, thus making driving an art. Mm. 
They do make it difficult to get around those cars. Also praised <laughs> for beautiful graphics and breathtaking scenery. Breathtaking. Uh, it did have like mountains in the background. That's Mount Fuji. Is it? Yeah, for Pretty real. Cool. Because uh, this this game was actually based also on a real racetrack, the Fuji Speedway, in somewhere in Japan. I don't know. Where is it? Where's Where's Fuji Speedway? In Oyama, Japan. Uh, it also the 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 raceway itself has long one of the longest straightaways of any racetrack out there. It's mm. almost one mile for the full straightaway. Which in the game you see you get through that really quick and then the turns hit and you instantly crash into everything. That is the track. Mm-hmm. Originally it was going to be a NASCAR track with bank turns, but they could only afford one bank turn when they first made it. Because in NASCAR, you know, they go so much faster so they have the bank mm-hmm. turns. And on regular Indy cars, it's usually flat tracks. So this one they decided to try to make a NASCAR with they can only afford one bank turn. So they only made one. Which threw off all the racers... And it had some of the worst crashes ever on racetracks. Like, people were dying and stuff because of the crashes being so terrible. Why do they... Why'd they even put one in? Because they ran out of money. So eventually they took it out. That's really... Because after too many people died. In 1965 is when they went back to a flat track. That Fuji racetrack was also featured in a bunch of other racing games... Uh, like Gran Turismo. Yeah, because it feels familiar. A few other games that I can't remember the name of. Like a, it, it's just weird the shape of that track. Yeah, there's a lot of. It seemed like a lot of race games were mm-hmm. like based on that same kind of shape. And there's always that one turn that gets you on that track. That one real tight turn. I don't know. You don't remember? It's that track kind of looks like Snoopy with a big head. What? Let me see. You're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I see what you're doing. Like he's dancing or something. There's his ear. Yeah. Mm. There's his nose. There's his legs. Yep. She's been drinking. <laughs> so yeah, that's stuff that I always crashed into, of course, the billboards. Pepsi! <laughs> <laughs> well, now that's... Okay, so there are different billboards depending on where what, where the game was produced. Of course, Namco in Japan did things like uh, Pepsi, Canon cameras. They did Marlboro cigarettes, I think it was, mm. and uh, some kind of alcohol. I can't remember what it was. So one of those ones where you sit there and swirl it. Brandy? I, I don't know what it was. In the U.S., we had things like for 7-Eleven, um, Dentine, Centipede, and Dig Dug. Oh, really? Yeah. So they would advertise other Atari games because it was Atari to release it in the U.S. And Namco released it with, well, sponsors, I guess, to try to make more money. But this game made a ton of money in the arcades. Was it like Suntory Bill Murray was advertising a Lost in Translation? What? Oh, Jesus, I don't remember <laughs> that movie. Make it a Suntory time. All I remember is that song in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the only part I remember. I can't even remember the, the song now. Oh, no, I know. Sucking on my nipples. Something one? like that. <laughs> Something like that. When this thing was in its prime, though, in the arcades, it was making about $450 a week. What? That's 1,800 quarters a week. That's a lot of plays. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. It's like nonstop. Uh-huh. Which is weird because these machines are known for freaking breaking down. 
they're uh, they're terribly, terribly prone to breakdown. That's why it's so hard to find a working one in an arcade. What part breaks? Um. Well, the board itself, mm-hmm. the the PCB board, will just. I, I don't know exactly what it is because there's only a few people, like in the world, that can actually fix these boards because they're so difficult to fix. But I think it's like the the chips just get unsoldered over time. Like connections on the board start to just lose connection. It's just the thing won't hold together. And then the other thing is is when the uh, machines, well, the, the screens, one of one of the when they were first coming out with them, the screens were made by a company named Matsushita, and everybody's like these monitors are complete shit. Mm-hmm. Shit is actually in the name Matsushita. You said Shida. Yeah, but it's spelled shit. <laughs> so, so, uh, and then I found out when I actually got my cabinet. It's a Matsushita. It's a Matsushita. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I found out that they're they're notorious for breaking down, and the screens just like fry themselves out and all kinds of stuff. So they're they're known to be garbage. So it's it's hard to find a working one. Mine doesn't work, so I gutted it, and. Uh, put my own uh made it like a emulator machine and put all my own mm-hmm. games in there of course with pole position one and two mm-hmm. among them yeah and that's how we got to play it it was the sound was like until the batteries <laughs> kicked out it was like <laughs> So should I tell the story of how I got that cabinet? Sure. Okay. I think you've heard this story before, but I'll tell you again anyway. You went to the street corner. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, good looking. <laughs> it looks like a nice cabinet you got there. <laughs> Want to sell it to me? No, so, um, so where I was working, this guy came in with his family and I'm talking to him. So I find <laughs> out that he runs the local arcade um, we actually did a review of, of the place called Reboot. And so, we, you know, I get all excited. I'm talking to a guy that, like, runs an arcade in town. So, I, so we start talking video games and stuff and find out that me and Finn, my son, and his son is also named Finn. And his son was just turning seven and Finn had just turned seven a couple weeks ago. So it's like, okay, we got crazy weird junk in common. And he's like, well, why don't you just come to Finn's birthday? So we go out to Reboot on his birthday and we're playing games and stuff and I start talking to Ian about uh, you know that I always wanted a driving cabinet that I already had an arcade cabinet downstairs but I always wanted a driving one so I can play all those old driving games he's like oh yeah you can get one of those for crazy cheap and um, I'm talking to a guy where I'm trying to get a pole position 2 from him and uh, he might have another one and I'm like eh, I, I, don't, I don't need that I don't need another arcade machine whatever well then it got under my skin <laughs> And I started thinking more and more about it. I'm like, I could do that. I could I could totally convert that thing and make it work. So I call him, and he's like, well, I'll talk to the guy and uh, keep an eye out for you and see what I can do. And I'm like, I, I told him, like, I got not a lot, I need something super cheap, so I can't really afford much. Well, it turns out that the arcade auction was that weekend. So he calls me Monday morning and goes, <coughs> hey, man. <laughs> I got you a pole position arcade machine for 50 bucks. Wow. Like, what? So he helped me load it up, 
got it home, had some people help me get it in the garage, and uh, I've been working on it ever since. Mm-hmm. It works. It does. It's not pretty, but it works. It's getting better. It's getting there. It's going to need some work, some tweakage. What do people do to these things? What do you mean? Why do they break the shit out of them? No, they break themselves. Well, why is it falling apart? No, guess because I took it apart. <laughs> no, I mean like it was broken on. There was like pieces. Oh, it was. It didn't have the arcade board in it. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And that was basically the only part that was Isn't missing. Is the piece of the cabinet like busted on the side? Yeah, that I think happened when we were loading. Oh, it. in transit. Yeah, would be. Of course. So. Um. So yeah, that's my story of how I got it, and that's the story of how we picked this episode. Speaking of storylines, I could not find a storyline for this game. Why does there need to be one? There, there Well, there's going to be one because you're going to make one up right now. Um, Go! This <laughs> driver <laughs> fought his way to be the pole position. That's it? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Dumb storylines. Had a cartoon spinoff. <laughs> I remember this don't, cartoon don't from when I was a kid. It was so crazy. I remember the cars because they were like weird computer yeah. digital talking like kit from uh, Knight Rider, but it had a face. You know, I honestly thought it was a Knight Rider cartoon. I think. Yeah. I didn't really. I didn't know what the frick it was when I was little. That theme song though, it's yeah. totally eighties rock and pole position. <laughs> See, I told you. Gotta move my dick around. <laughs> pole position. Um, yeah, that's what Saturday morning cartoons. Right? <laughs> Gotta move my D. <laughs> uh, but no, I watched. I tried to watch the first episode, and I think I got ten or fifteen minutes into it, and I was just like, "What is this? What is going on?" And I had to shut it off. It, it reminded me of. Uh, did you watch it after I sent it to you? I watched like ten seconds of it. Okay, so you watched the opening credits. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it reminded me a lot of a Speed Racer ripoff because mm-hmm. you had the, the they were like a stunt team though, they weren't like racing against people. They were a stunt team that also solved crimes. Oh but they had God. they had the guy and the girl. Then they had the uh, the little like eight year old girl that's part of the team who had like this weird monkey <laughs> animal thing with her, and then they had the old fat guy that was in the pit crew. I mean, it's like this, the same kind of model as as uh, Speed Racer. And it was well, just Speed awful. Racer worked, so they're just going to copy well, it. Well, you like Speed Racer? Well, some people do. Do you like Speed Racer? I don't know if I've ever watched it. I, I, I couldn't get behind it. If anyone else are out there likes Speed Racer, um, tell us why. Give us some good reasons. Um, you can send us messages through Press Continue Podcast at gmail or just go to our website presscontinuepodcast.com and there's a uh there's a new website and at the bottom we got a uh, contact us thing so you can send us messages fancy yeah they got all fancy with a new site Danger zone. Press 
So there are two styles on the arcade cabinet. There's the stand-up one and the sit-down one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. The stand-up one, of course, is the one that I have where you got just the gas pedal, the high and low shifter, and the steering wheel, right? Mm-hmm. Sit-down one added a brake. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't have the brake on the stand-up one. Right. You'd be, like, well, tilted back holding on to the wheel. <laughs> you could. You'd have to move your foot off the gas to hit true, the brake. True, true. But, uh, yeah, the sitting one, you had a brake. I've never played pole position with a brake. So I don't even know what that's like. Don't worry about it. It's fine. I'm not getting that because that cabinet is gigantic. <laughs> and the, this the, this one's already known for being one of the heaviest arcade cabinets around, even though it's not that big. So figure that one out. It has weights in it. It did until There's I took them all weights. out. There's like, like a, a basket, a metal basket attached to the side, which is where the PCB board slid in. Mm-hmm. And just taking that... It looks like it's, like, solid copper. Just taking that off, that thing itself weighed, like, a good seven pounds. Hmm. It was it was weird. Don't tell drug users. The power supply... <laughs> yeah, the scrappers are gonna come. The power supply, which is, like, this big, gigantic... They call the 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 big blue because it's got these big blue capacitors on top mm. of it that look like the size of uh, the 40-ounce Coke cans. Ooh. And you... you that picking that thing up, I swear to God, it had to be a good twenty pounds. I have it in a box down there, and I you, I actually have to lift with my legs to You're pick like, that thing up. It's heavy, <laughs> it's crazy heavy. So hopefully that I tore all that junk out of that it's getting a little lighter because that's the thing's ridiculous. I still can't move it. Somebody else will have to do it for me. Oh, one other random fact I gotta add about this game is that. Uh, it was the first game to have a qualifying lap. This goes back to your very first question of what made it set the standards for driving games. Yeah. It, it was one, the first game to have where you had to do, pass a qualifying lap before you can actually race. Yeah, because that's how you get to be the pole position. That's how you get... Yeah. Well, if you're good... Yeah, if you if you qualify high, you'll be the number one position, which is the pole position. Right. And you get to hear those awesome voice sound clips. Yeah. Prepare to qualify. <laughs> it took me forever to figure out what that... Uh, my, till, like, now to figure out what the second thing is, is when you qualify. Uh-huh. The second voice goes, congratulations, you've qualified to race. Oh. But it sounds like... I think I understood that it said, congratulations, you've qualified. You would. You understand mumble. Well, But you don't understand my mumble. No. And and same with that, no one understands my yawn speak yeah. when I'm yawning and talking. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, why don't people understand that? I don't know. It's easier to understand than mumble, mumble talk mm. or some really heavy country accents. <laughs> yeah, Boomhauer. <laughs> Should we even bring up pole position two? Pole position two. Should we? Sure. Okay. Part 2 was released November 1983. Apparently you can, the arcade version, you would convert it from 1 to 2 by changing out a couple of chips. That's it. Well, what if people want to play 1? Well, once you got 2, you really don't want to play 1 anymore because 2 adds 3 more tracks Mm. on top of just the Fuji Speedway. Um, You got enhanced explosions. (laughs) (laughs) I did that a few times. Yeah, when you blow up, the tires and stuff go bouncing off the screen. 
And um, so the other tra- 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 the other tracks were called Test, which is um, based off of Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Wasn't it like a big, just a big like oval. Yeah. Then you had Seaside, which resembles the 1982 United States Grand Prix West Circuit on Long Beach. Nice. Which is a bunch of crazy ass turns and Suzuka. Which didn't have any information on Suzuka. That's the tracks it had. In Japan. Uh, I would. That that sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. So that's what it added in pole position two. The sound effects were slightly upgraded. The graphics were slightly upgraded. The color scheme was a little different. Um, it was like all oranges. Yeah, it was. Yeah, a little more. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And it was supposed to be a little bit faster as well. I've played them both. I like the explosions in one. I like the extra tracks in two. Mm -hmm. So I don't like the new explosions. Yeah. So. Alright. Review time? Sure. Or you got anything to add? Your thoughts? Um. I had to... You know, I was actually thinking about um, why so many people find it difficult racing games. Yeah. And why they overcompensate their turns. Like... You, you they like hard turn around the corners and unlike the way you would drive a car you're not gonna whip your wheel that hard you know right but um maybe it's because the wheel is free spinning yeah it's, it a, kinda, it's a 360 wheel it kind of yeah makes it like like you have to overcompensate those terms because this this thing is turning completely around yeah but if you had wheels on a car you wouldn't be able to do that there'd be a stop right so it, it would make it easier for you to know how to adjust so uh and you don't have to always go back to center either uh-huh. on this game because you blow up and it's wherever the wheel is it's that's it's, center again yeah so i don't know <clears throat> i thought maybe they could have made wheels more realistic in driving games well they did later then they because because these are 360 wheels where the free spins like you said mm-hmm. later driving games they did 270 degree wheels mm-hmm. like on outrun which is a show we did quite a what, a couple of years back where you can only turn so far and That's it stops on the and, then it, and then it, yeah. thing, right? and then it uh, like springs back to center again. Yeah, because I don't think I remember ever having that on an arcade race game. What the spring back? Uh huh. Yeah, mo- mo- the the newer machines have. I that. haven't really played them in a long time. So, like if you go play Mario the Mario Kart or whatever in the arcades, it'll all spring back to center again for huh, you. I haven't noticed. So yeah, the three sixty wheel was a was a like a a big Atari thing like you see it in a lot of Atari games mm-hmm. from like the 80s and back so there's a few games though that you you have to play with that 360 wheel because otherwise they're impossible like one of them was Super Sprint mm-hmm. um, I don't think you got a chance to play it we were playing it yesterday but when you hit turns you literally just throw the wheel as fast as you can and let go and then grab it again when you want to stop turning okay. so you let it free spin to make the turn and then grab the to stop turning that that's literally how you're supposed to play this game if you try to hold on to it like a mm-hmm. normal steering wheel you cannot play that game it's impossible you run into every wall yeah i i got a little bit better as i played pole position yeah but um <laughs> one time i was doing really well i was like hey, i'm doing so good and you're like get out of first gear <laughs> i was like oh probably why i'm losing <laughs> that's the dumb thing about this game okay if you stay in first gear uh-huh. You can literally let go of the, win- the the steering wheel, and it will drive itself around the track. What? 
Yeah, it's it's weird. I I I, want, I did it a few times where I'd be in a turn and it would already start me turning before I even turn the wheel. Mm-hmm. So I just decided to let go and see what it does. And yeah, it'll it'll almost completely drive you around the track in first gear. Except for avoiding cars, right? Right. But well, you won't you'll never catch up to oh, any yeah, cars. Oh, that's true. Cuz you're going too damn slow. You're driving like grandma. <laughs> you always had the you had the uh the trouble too remembering to go back into low gear after you crash too yeah. like you pull out in high gear and it takes you forever to get up to speed so i was that pepsi sign man why don't you just let me go off the road in peace right get back on and they always put them in the worst places yeah like right after the cur- the turn yeah and when when there's two other cars in the turn uh-huh <sighs> it's terrible how are they gonna drink your pepsi while they're driving a race car Get out of here. Or when they're dead in a fiery explosion. <laughs> it's free advertising. Pepsi. What, what, what killed that driver? Pepsi sign. The sign went oh, I'm down thirsty. like 50 times. Yeah. So, did you have fun with it? I did. You did? Excuse me. I'm beyond talking. Let's see. There you go. You got it. I did have fun. Uh, actually, it was probably one of the most enjoyable race games I've, done, I've played because I finally started getting the hang of it. Dang, I keep finding winners for you. Yeah, I was like, stop overcompensating the turn, you loser! <laughs> I was like yelling at myself. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, changing the gears and um, pressing the gas and it made you feel like you were, you know, for real racing. Even though you were standing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> for real standing racing. Somebody was saying, was it you that said that this is the most awkward thing ever, standing, driving a car. <laughs> no. Somebody said that. I was having fun doing that. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> Like I was on a Segway. <laughs> oh my god. Didn't we say like Segways are a dead form of transportation? Because it kills you? No, people still use it. Who? Cops. <laughs> Mall cops? Uh, Cops in crowds like in downtown areas where... Do they really? Yeah. Like you see this still? Yeah. What? Yeah, for real. They'll roll up on their Segway and it's really fast. And the only difference between a Segway and a hoverboard is one's got a stick that you hold on to. Yeah, and it's um probably safer than horses from the get around city areas and crowds. Sure, and cleaner because they don't poop in the street. I guess a horse would keep you up higher than everybody though, so you could like. Horse. A horse. Horse. Yeah, horse. No. Oh. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've liked this... Well, the reason I wanted one of these is because I like this game. So, I got pretty excited when I got this thing home, and I'm pretty excited that I'm getting to work on it and get it running for everybody, mm-hmm. and that it got through its first stress test the other day, where I had a bunch of people playing it. It was running on a treadmill. <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> I can't even agree with that and try to go anywhere with that. Stop. Stop. Stamp. Um, so, yeah, I've, I, I still like it. I still can't, I've tried to play it in arcades and it's always been busted. It's always something stupid won't work, like the pedal won't work or the steering wheel won't work or it'll just eat my quarters. Pedal goes to the floor. Yeah, makes me angry. So, um, I'll have to give it, um, one fiery crash without wheels bouncing off. Without wheels? Without wheels. Hmm. I get five pole positions out of five. That doesn't even. How? He... The Urban Dictionary version of pole position. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. Penis. <laughs> <laughs>
God, we're grown-ups. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what are we talking about now? You saw movies. Oh, yeah, I did. What? I just saw Midsummer. It's a horror movie. Oh. With gratuitous violence. Gratuitous. I don't know if it was gratuitous, but I was at one point I was like, all right, we get it. Their heads are smashed in. Can we stop? Did they keep smashing? No, they just kept going to well, it, the smashed head. I was like, okay. Well, well smash. <laughs> well, smash head. <laughs> I was like, oh. But it was scary and creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good description of what the storyline's about. Um, well, it's about friends that were invited to a Midsummer Festival in Sweden. Oh, At least it wasn't a house. I thought it was going to a house in the woods. No. I mean, they're in the middle of nature, and it's the woods, and they're going to these, like, weird cabin house things, but... For... Okay. And... Does Jason show up? The, uh, community has to sacrifice people every 90 years to keep the Norse gods happy. And what if they don't? What do the Norse gods do? Create famine, obviously. What time period is this in? It's in current day. This sounds dumb. The, the people are a, a farming community still. They sounds... like milk their cows and like eat their cheese and stuff. Can you do that milk your cows action again? That's <laughs> something. <laughs> but yeah, so people are getting sacrificed and stuff. It's pretty gross. Was it good? It was good. It was, it was creepy. Would you see it again? I don't know. It's by the same guy that made Hereditary, so I don't know about all that. I feel like most horror movies, you can see them once and then you're done because now all the, now you know where all the jump scares and the thrills are now. just depends on how good it is. Like, it gets rid of all the shock factor if you've seen it once. Crushed head. Crushed head. Crushed head. <laughs> so suddenly they sacrificed a lot of people instead of just no, one. No, it's the same crushed head. They just kept going to this same crushed head. And putting it back together? Like flashbacks. Wait, is Hereditary the one where... I I think I saw the last 15 minutes about the crazy grandma that's Mm -hmm. in this house. Okay, I saw the last like 10 minutes of that. 10 or 15 minutes. And Ashley was watching it. And I'm like, what the heck is going on with this? And then they get into the shed or the the tree house at the end. And I'm like, this could be the dumbest movie I've ever seen. (laughs) It's a scary movie. Nope. Yes, it is. No. You need to watch the whole thing, and you can't watch it with your lights on during the day. Ugh. You have to watch it at night in complete darkness. No, this was at night. Just the light was on. Yeah, but you didn't have the suspense of the entire movie making you feel all creeped out. You're right, I didn't. Because <laughs> then you would think it was scary. No. It was scary. That actually okay. was more scarier than Midsummer okay. for me, because I can be like I can watch all the real murder. That can actually happen to people or whatever all yeah. day and be like, whatever. But as soon as <laughs> I see some supernatural stuff that couldn't possibly happen, I'm like, who's there? Yeah. Well, I'm sleeping at night, so. Like the ring? Yeah, or Hereditary or uh-huh. any other stupid, not real movie. So, um. Or any Japanese uh, horror. Let me tell you some stories about my family then. I can... <laughs> Your mom floats around? Yeah. <laughs> give you some, uh, some scary things that could happen but couldn't happen at the same time yeah like any of that like shit that can't happen scares me but actually i listened to a podcast about the golden state killer and that creeped me out and that's what i thought you were gonna see the golden snitch killer the golden snitch killer it's harry potter themed Mm, rips the wings off slowly (laughs) no so that that real murderer did creep me out but hey what else you see 
Mm, I didn't see any other movies, I don't think. I watched The Fifth Element um, last week. That's not new. No, but I hadn't seen it it's in so good, though. a long time. And uh, I watched it with Finn, so he got to see it for the first time. He gave it a 9 out of 10. He did? Yes. There's some inappropriate scenes in that movie I covered kids. his eyes a couple times, but it wasn't that bad. When Ruby Rod is, like, doing things? Yeah, but you couldn't tell anything. It's just no, her legs still... going up and then her legs going down. Yeah, it's still... He don't know what's happening. That's what I thought, but Danny and George kept asking me, what was going on there? Well, he didn't ask me any questions. <laughs> I was like, uh... But he really liked it, and at the end, I was like, this movie totally holds up, and I, like... Yeah, it's amazing. Clapped at the end. I was... It's so good. Yeah. It's still so good. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Right? Multipath. But it's got a terrible video game behind it, too, that was out for PS2. I didn't It's considered know one of the worst PS2 games ever made. I want to play it. We'll, go, go get it. We'll play it. Okay. We haven't reviewed a bad game in a long time. We'll see if I might like it. Uh, but you won't. Because <laughs> the controls are supposed to be awful, and it has nothing to do with the movie. Well, why do they call it... Oh. Exactly. They said that it's, it takes cutscenes from the actual movie and puts it in the game, uh-huh. but then the plot line does not follow the movie at all. I got to see this game. So I watched a video the other day about it. All right. So yeah, people are people are telling me that we need to review some terrible terrible games soon because we haven't done a bad game in a long time, and I have some terrible games we can play. So we're getting a few suggestions. Okay, let's do it through the uh, through the the web connections. Speaking of web connections, I gotta give some shout outs to some of our followers. We do that. We're doing it now. Okay. Right now, so yes, we do that. <laughs> shout out to my main man. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I gotta thank some people for being around for a long time, some some people from the very beginning. So, um, first we have our, our two Patreon people that support Whoa. us and literally help us do, pay for all this recording stuff and where we put all this thing on the interwebs. I don't know what, it, it pays for the things that make the site happen, okay? <laughs> so, we got Sterling Osborne, who is actually... For one, always our number one listener. Mm-hmm. He said he. I was talking to him the other day, and he's like, you know, just remember, no matter what, you still have at least one listener. <laughs> um, and Alex Bailey, who's one of my uh, one of my friends that I met at GameStop. So those two are our Patreon people. If you want to help support us, please go on Patreon.com, look up Press Continue Podcast, and uh, help us out. Um, two other people that have always like been active on our facebook page is robert mcnally rafferty and thomas mainville those sound like made-up names yeah Are you sure they're maybe, not robots? they could be <laughs> so i liked those games <laughs> so, so they they actually like will comment on things that i post on facebook or like them and give the thumbs ups and thanks guys they're, they're always there like interacting with us so I, I appreciate the four of you and of course anyone else that's uh listening to this speak up yeah we always like feedback like i said our next show will probably be something that uh, sterling told us to do so he gave us a few ideas and uh i'm sure we'll pick one of them okay okay um what else i i don't have anything okay well then uh tune in next time where the gaming <laughs> never ends as long as you press, press continue. continue bye